HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com, bringing you the freshest radio in Brooklyn since 2009. Hear directly from chefs to farmers, artists to architects, authors to brewers, and everyone in between. Check out all of our shows on our website or by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store. This is Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio with a message about Cookout NYC. Cookout NYC is the pinnacle event in July Good Beer Month. Cookout NYC will exclusively showcase the best of New York City breweries featuring limited edition beers and nationally renowned and award-winning chefs. A portion of the proceeds will benefit Just Foods Farm School. Community partners include Earth Matters, Teen Battle Chef, and the Kingsbury Community College Culinary Program. Check out cookoutnyc.com, co-hosted by Dixon's Meats, Six Point Craft Ales, Mama O's Kimchi, The Good Beer Seal, and radio hosts from Heritage Radio Network. Cookout NYC is the city's ultimate out cooking and country fair event july 10th from 11:30 a.m to 5 p.m on governor's island Hey, and welcome to the food scene at HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Happy 5th of July. Um, just hanging here at Roberta's with Mallon and Getz, uh, better known as Andrew Getz and Matthew Mallon. Perfumiers or perfumes? How do you, how do you say that Apothecarians, word? Apothecarians. Apothecarians. <laughs> Skincare. Is, is that a word? I don't know. Now it is. It, You've it, coined it on coined air. It. Okay, excellent. Um, I actually stumbled upon your store in Chelsea, uh, I think shortly after you opened uh, in 2004, Um, and have ever since been a fan of your product line. Uh, Your vitamin E moisturizing shaving cream is a must. Well, thank Um, you. (laughs) But I've always noticed, too... Spoken with a man with a full beard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, I'm hoping uh, to stop by the store soon to get some more shaving cream because I ran out. Um, 
I've also noticed every time that I've gone in that th- there's this collection of uh, amazing, and I don't want to use the word scents or flavors because I'm hoping not too many people are eating your skincare products, but uh, from rum to lime to mojito, uh, th- this, this sensory overload of there has to be a background in food. There has to be a love of food and all things culinary going into these product or, lines. Or a 12-step program. Yeah. <laughs> Never thought of it that way. Um, but... You guys didn't necessarily have uh, or envisioned a line of skincare products with some kind of food references years ago. Um, Andrew, no. wh- what was your background? Well, you just told me you grew up in Bay Ridge. No, no, my dad. Oh, is your from, father. My yeah. dad is from Bay Ridge. I'm from New York. Yeah. Um, uh, my background was architecture and design. I'd worked for a company by the name of Vitra as their marketing director here in the U.S. for Oh, just over 10 years. And it's really Matthew who has the illustrious career in <laughs> cosmetics. Yeah, yeah. And uh, cosmetics for years upon years. Yeah, well, I had um, I moved to New York to be in the executive training program at Saks Fifth Avenue. And yeah. I had been a buyer for Barney's when it was a family-run business. And we were looking to launch special products. I had left there to work for what was then a family-owned and operated business called Keels. Oh, yeah, right is, in the East Village. Yeah. Yes. Which is now, uh, I think, probably 12 years owned by L'Oreal. Yeah. Um, which is when I left and was working for um, another family-run business called Prada. Yeah. Um, and they were looking to develop some beauty products, and I was part of that team for a couple of years. And uh, and then we started writing a business plan for what we're doing right now. Yeah. Well, how did you two meet? Uh, in a place called, not to sound cliche, yeah. The Bar yeah. in the East Village, <laughs> where all love is lost yeah, and found. Yeah. yeah, And that was uh, 17 years ago. Yeah, and how did these distinctly different backgrounds mesh together to create Melon Gets? Well, not fast. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking on the personal level or on the, uh, the yeah. apothecarian level? Let's talk apothecarian. Okay, first. neither yes. was fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but both have are long-lasting, yes. so that's uh, the important 17 thing. 17 years later. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, really the, the idea, um, uh, Matthew had always brought home tons and tons of products yeah. when he was working at, ver- at, whether it be Barney's or Kiehl's, and I was a really, your basic simple guy. I mean, I used a bar of Neutrogena to wash my face, shampoo my hair, and wash my body. I was the ultimate minimalist. Yeah, actually on your website it says that your skin is oily with resilient uh, qualities? Yeah, it's very. Uh, yeah. I, I am resilient in yeah. many qualities, yeah. <laughs> and my skin as well. Yeah, and um, math. But what I realized was, uh, as Matthew would bring these um, different products home, that um, many of them were actually quite efficacious. And I did notice a difference that uh, if you use a better product, you see better results. And I always use, like to use the analogy: you can drive a. The E-Class Mercedes cross-country or the beat-up old Dodge. Yeah. Both will get you there eventually, but doing it in luxury is a completely different experience. Yeah. The, uh, where Andrew is coming from, sort of from this oily, resilient place, uh, myself being involved in the business, uh, I had pretty serious skin conditions, rosacea, eczema, seborrhea. I'm allergic to synthetic fragrances. Yeah. And so having to vet these products over the course of these years were, was, it was a challenge for me. And, uh, I saw a dermatologist and I, I still continue to see a dermatologist my entire adult life. I, um, uh, I take topical medications and oral medications for my skin conditions. And so when we had really started thinking about 
pooling our or leveraging our backgrounds and experience, it was really taking all of these things into account. Yeah, I mean, I see that same thing happening with diet as well. You know, people using these very uh, synthetic foods to nourish themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's true allegory to the skincare. I mean, that's one side, one's interior. Yeah, absolutely. Skin is your largest organ. Yeah. And so you are what you eat and you are what you moisturize with, too, I suppose. Yeah, what you end up wearing. But the the genesis really was that um, when we started to look at the opportunity to to pool these two backgrounds together um, was that we we really wanted to do something that resonated for both of us. So skincare spoke to us. We saw there was an opportunity to do something family-owned and operated because Kiehl's went to L'Oreal and a lot of these small businesses that I had been working with had... Um, sort of been sold off to big corporations, Procter & Gamble, Estee Lauder, etc. And there was um, there, there was an idea between the two of us to do something that was not only just family-owned and operated, but had or, or resonated with those old-world ideas of how people have always shopped for skincare. So traditional apothecaries you would have found like in London or Paris or New York. And, um, and of course, those places started with tried, true, and trusted natural ingredients. And those natural ingredients are often grown from the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of the ones that you used to work for, do the majority use natural ingredients? Keels? Uh... You know, uh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> other, other than water, I would yeah, guess. Yeah. There's, I think there's a marketing spin that a lot of these companies do use natural ingredients. And, and they do to some extent. Um, I think that where we separate ourselves very clearly is that while we do use natural ingredients, our brand's modern and it's intended to incorporate um, gentle technologies in ways that allow for performance so we can make those natural ingredients better today or or more efficacious as Andrew said. Yeah. What are the base ingredients of your products? Um, In in a nutshell, it's basically broken down into categories. Uh, Cleansers and moisturizers. Cleansers are basically based on an amino acid technology, which is protein. Uh, botanical proteins and uh, our moisturizers are based on a fatty alcohol or fatty acid technology which is really the technology of taking uh, botanical oil removing the greasy uh, uh, residue and taking the the nutritious part which is water soluble which absorbs quickly and that's it in a nutshell obviously it's a lot more complex but if you had to break it down into two ideas that would be it. it seems very similar to you know eliminating trans fat yeah Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It. Yeah. It's, a, it's it's sort of the idea of oil-free moisturizing yeah. or moisturizer. Yeah, I mean, I kept on seeing, again, so many allegories for uh, your business and what you do to how people are trying to eat these days, you yeah. know, um, and almost consider it a farm-to-table apothecary uh, more so than... <laughs> You know, it, it, I think it's even more so than that, um, just because of the the history of how we've sort of um, guerrilla marketed what we do, and that is that Andrew is, in my opinion, he's he's a, an amateur gourmet cook, yeah, um, and and is amazing in that respect. Um, and when we had started to launch our brand into market, we had looked for ways that would set ourselves apart, obviously, because we can't compete financially with Estee Lauder and Procter & Gamble. So we had developed this idea to host these small, intimate 12-people dinner parties within our Chelsea store. Um, and we we really are the shopkeepers who live above the shop, literally. Yeah. Um, so we would go up to our apartment, Andrew would cook, I would bring the food down, and then we would host, you know, six beauty and or design editors and their spouses along with the two of us and we would we would eat room temperature food that andrew made yeah um whatever was seasonal at the time and uh and have them in our in our store um without talking about business per se but 
often really looking to uh, incorporate ingredients from the products into what we were having for dinner to create synergy. Yeah, and reciprocally, uh, were you cooking things that then say, oh, wow, this would be a great bar of soap. This would be a great moisturizer. Yeah, I, I don't know if it, it's exactly yeah. linear that way. Yeah. I mean, because they, they are very different in how we eat and how we uh, create formulas. Uh, there's a lot of science involved with, with, with skin care, whereas I, I look at cooking in a much more uh, farm-to-table oriented yeah. uh, view. Yeah. And where do you mainly get your ingredients or your inspirations from? Uh, f- from cooking? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I really love seasonal food. Uh, Matthew is complaining now because it's asparagus season and he doesn't <laughs> like asparagus. And we've had asparagus. Yeah. And every- I like it. I yeah. just don't like the result. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, um, and, of course, we like local. And we try to do the best we can. That being said... We all drink coffee, and there's no local coffee. Yeah. And uh, so none of us are saints, but we do try to um, take what's uh, locally available and what's seasonably, seasonably available and make the best of it. And in terms of cooking, I tend to lean towards Italian just because it, there's a simplicity to it, and uh, I adore that. Yeah. Do you go to Union Square, to the Green Market? Do you- In the past, we had spent a lot of time there, but now we're running a business. I don't always have that time, <laughs> yeah. but we're very fortunate that um, we have a place up in the country where there's so much local um, products, although it obviously is very seasonal. Yeah. So that's where we, we try to source a lot of it from up there. Yeah, and you were just away for the last week upstate. Absolutely. Yeah, it's and, great. Uh, you were just, uh, Andrew and Matthew were just telling me about their wonderful home in uh, Kinderhook. In Columbia that's, County, yeah. 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 Um, and I don't know why you came down here for this interview and left that. You know, it was well, tough. Have you, have you looked at the pizza out the <laughs> yeah, window? Yeah. It's, uh, we may never leave. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, um, you know, just another parallel to our business is that we have always tried, and, and I know um, I know you probably have more questions for Andrew with regards to food, but um, we've always tried to create a business that is uh, um, addresses our local community. So all of our manufacturing, even for our skincare, is done locally. Um, Connecticut, New Jersey, Long Island, um, with one or two singular um, exceptions. So we support family-owned and operated businesses all local to New York City to produce and manufacture our skincare products. It inherently shows, though, too, even when going to the shop. It's funny because I've never met you two in person until today, and often I'm in the shop and I see one of the two of you behind the counter or milling about that, you know, uh, kind of Wizard of Oz <laughs> door you have in that back room, which I've always kind of peeked in ever since reading, uh, I think it was in 2006, that food and wine piece about your dinner parties, yeah. uh, which was the impetus for me to always say, I need to meet these guys somehow. I need to be invited to a dinner party. Well, we'll have to do yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or now have you on air and uh, discuss how these all, all these things kind of you know amalgamate um, but you know back to the food too you support the idea of supporting the community with your food you know bringing in uh, like-minded design folk and you know general public of uh, Chelsea um, and I think like Italian cuisine is the perfect food for that too oh absolutely yeah and I, mean, I mean there are many great cuisines that can fulfill that but I guess it's the one that is the most natural to me, yeah. for whatever reason, considering I'm not Italian. But yeah. <laughs> um, it's just uh, uh, it's something I adore. I love the country and language and uh, obviously the food yeah. and all its diversity. Excellent. Well, we're going to take a quick break, uh, come back and talk about some of the dishes that you've eaten at these dinner parties and some more about the ingredients that uh, inspire you to make 
Yeah. Sounds fun. Lime and, uh, you know, rum bars. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. We'll be right back. announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Every Tuesday at noon, Dave Arnold, the author of CookingIssues.com, will discuss new and innovative techniques, equipment, and ingredients. Call in with your own questions to see if Dave and the crew can solve your cooking issues. Again, that's Tuesdays at noon on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, and welcome back to the food scene on Heritage Radio Network, here with Malin plus Getz. That's Andrew Getz and Matthew Mallon, uh, apothecarians. Uh, apparently, we are. Yes, yes. <laughs> as of now, <laughs> skincare and perfume uh, impresarios. Um, great store in Chelsea. Go check it out. And we were just talking about these dinner parties that you have in the back of the store. Invite the community in. Do you remember your first one? What you served? The first one. I, I don't remember what we served. Uh, I remember the guests. Yeah, I remember the guests. Um, it's weird. I guess the meal was not um, as <laughs> memorable as the guests. Yeah, I mean the the dinner parties, uh, the the place settings are always um, bottles that Andrew makes labels for yeah. for with the person's name on them. Ooh. So it's like our bottle. wine bottles. Or? No, no, our 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 um, skincare bottles, oh, okay. which have like a false label on them. Yeah, and the ingredients are the guests, and the description is the dinner and. We could probably dig it up somewhere and yeah. find it. it yeah. The one memorable one, which is amazing that we remember, yeah. we, had a, we have a partner in Australia called Mecca Cosmetica, and it was, I think, their 10th year anniversary. And they wanted to, us to host a party for all these expat Aussies. So you know, we bought a case of red, yeah. a case <laughs> of white, and um, I made a beautiful um, spring lamb. And it, it was like a... Debauchery, like I've never, I've yeah. never seen people consume more alcohol in my whole entire life, <laughs> and it went on to like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I, I mean, we literally stumbled. Home. Yeah, I'm surprised you remember that one as well. Well, just yeah. because it was so, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. forgot everything yeah. about it. That's why we. Remember I especially it. remember it because I'm not a lamb fan, yeah. and the lamb was delicious. Yeah, it was really, really exciting. It was my special lamb and asparagus. So. Yeah, <laughs> I think it probably was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, are there other dishes that have been big hits, most memorable of your dinner parties that, you know, people keep on asking for encore? The, uh, one, the one for food and wine was like a chicken and thyme, yeah. uh, which was really simple. But they all tend to be pretty simple and things that we can serve room temperature so that, um, you know, they're very casual and easy. And um, uh, it's, it's about the people and the conversation and just sort of enjoying the evening without it sort of being fussy. In yeah, way. I mean, we don't have a full kitchen in the store yeah. so we have to sort of uh prepare foods that are suitable for room temperature yeah. 
So that involves a lot of great roasted vegetables and fresh salad, local uh, salads. It's all the antipasti. Yeah, yeah. see, si, got Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> and, and usually, like, I mean, we, well, now if we were to do one in Chelsea, although we, we haven't recently, um, we we were always trying to source, like, coffee locally, and now we have Grumpy's, like, literally half yeah. a block from our store. So, and they're awesome. Um, but we, uh, we, we've been doing a lot of the dinner parties upstate because there are a lot of New Yorkers and editors and people that we'd otherwise like to come to these parties up there and then we can source things locally that are fresh yeah, and right. seasonal. And, and we have a somewhat of a kitchen there. Yeah, so. and you have Kinderhook Farm, which yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, which is amazing. Yeah, and they do the beef program with uh, uh, Marlowe Mar- and Daughters exactly. and Diner. Yep. And uh, what else were you saying? They have lamb, they, they have, have chicken. Unbelievable lamb. Eggs. Uh, the chickens and the eggs are just amazing yeah and you can yeah. you can actually stay there overnight in this little barn that they've renovated it's awesome it's so beautiful the farm is beautiful yeah. in and of itself so yeah we, we had a, a a beauty editor from vogue up there uh last summer and we said oh you got to see this farm it's amazing the fresh eggs are incredible and apparently chickens are very attracted to toads, <laughs> particularly well-manicured yeah, toads. Yeah. So this very fancy beauty editor is walking amongst the chickens, and all of a sudden it was like the birds yeah. just came <laughs> rushing and pecking at her Yeah, her that would have been a different Hitchcock yeah, film. We, <laughs> yeah, we, exactly, we call it the, the pecker yeah. now. It's, um, and Matthew and the beauty editor were running one yeah. way, and uh, her boyfriend and I were like, wow, these chickens are amazing, they're so great. Yeah. <laughs> So. And you yourself have a garden at your house. We do. We do. We planted one this year. We uh, we fenced it in, and we're growing raspberries, blueberries, strawberries, blackberries. Uh, we have... Um, tomatoes heirloom tomatoes it's a mini um <laughs> which we haven't we haven't reaped the rewards of yet but we're looking forward to it um we have cauliflower um someday some sunflowers someday. you should have your own csa yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, well it's the beginning of the beginning it's the beginning of the season yeah it's the beginning of our first garden yeah so it's, it's a work in progress uh right now the local floral and fauna seem to be winning yeah um, but we're going to try to remedy that. Yeah, <laughs> and we're lucky. Kinderhook, the square that down, we're in the village, so the the square in the village has a Saturday farmers market. Yeah, so all the farmers come and they put their little stands up, so we can have like fresh lettuces and. Uh, I mean, we go there pretty regularly and get amazing stuff. Yeah, I've I've discovered it's much easier to go to the market than it is to grow your own. Yeah. <laughs> I know. People keep on thinking that farming is such an easy job. I mean, agrarian has never been equated to easy living. Right. In, in my mind, at least. No. I mean, what was Unless you're a gentleman farmer, which yeah. means somebody else is doing oh, all yeah. the work. Yeah. And what was that farm that we just uh, were introduced to this past weekend? Uh, the Matt from the hollow, uh, hollow something sheep farm. Yeah, yeah. And it, oh, it, was, it sounds. We haven't seen it yet, but we can't wait to go. It sounds, and it's it's literally the the neighboring town of Stuyvesant. So we're we're yeah. excited to to visit. Whereas you know where we are now at Roberta's is kind of an oasis of all things culinary. I mean, you have such a plethora, such a you know ample garden of things to go and explore. It's fortunate. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> What's interesting to me though is a, a lot of the things that you're saying that you eat and you grow and you enjoy aren't necessarily the ones that are direct scents or flavors per se. Um, and your products, you know. Yeah, I would, grapefruit, peppermint, uh, rum, mojito. 
Yeah, I mean, there's we're, grow, we're growing mint. We're growing yeah. mint. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. we, we <laughs> have one checked off. Bergamot will be a little and sage. We're growing sage, oh, yeah, and, and we have yeah. sage in some yeah. of our products. Uh, be difficult bergamot because uh, it's from southern Italy. But yeah. um, I don't think the correlation is not necessarily always there because when we create products. It's about using a product that's really efficacious and it's there for a therapeutic reason, yeah. As opposed to we're making a, a fruit salad, yeah. So when, for instance, when we use grapefruit in our face cleanser, it's not there because Matthew and I personally love grapefruit, which we do, yeah. But it's there because it's a great natural antimicrobial. It helps um, naturally exfoliate your skin. So it's there for a very therapeutic reason, as well as the olfactory experience. It smells great, yeah. But then it dissipates. So what we necessarily eat and what we enjoy aren't necessarily. What we put in our products. Yeah, some some of the items that you're mentioning are really an opportunity. They have been an opportunity for us to highlight that our products are intended for sensitive skin. As I mentioned, I suffered from from many different ailments, skin skin ailments. And one of the things that we wanted to do was sort of go back to those traditional ideas of creating perfume and highlight that we don't use synthetic perfumes in any of our treatment products, yeah. whether it's for face, body, or hair. And we do them as a separate category. And so, in doing so, we've looked to um, things that resonate with people like rum, for instance. Now, rum has its origins in apothecaries hundreds of years ago as sort of being mood-altering and an anesthetic. Um, so it had its place. And we're doing a synthetic version to sort of highlight that. Um, and we're doing it as a fragrance separately, um, which has become very successful for us. Yes. Yeah, and both the dark rum candle and, and the, 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 rum rum hand, the rum hand wash and yeah, the, rum the rum tonic. tonic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we do a mojito, like you said, which yeah. is a candle, which is a blend of lime and peppermint. And the idea is, like every cleanser and moisturizer that we make, creates perfect pH balance to the skin. If you were to burn lime and peppermint with dark rum, it becomes balanced or creates the cocktail, the mojito. Yeah. So, I mean, as chefs try to create a dish and create balance between acids and sweets and yeah. fats. Yeah. 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 Warm. Um, soft, uh, soft and warm with something fresh and crisp, or something uh, citrusy with something sort of spicy, and how you, yeah, absolutely. The, the, yeah. the whole brand, in fact, is based on that idea of balance. It's Malin and Getz. Yeah. It's for women and men. Yeah. It's something natural. It's something technological. Dry, so oily. We've, so we've yeah. tried to always achieve some kind of duality yeah. when we uh, talk about things in our in, uh, with our product range. But we yeah. have we have been able to use some of these things in parties. For instance, we uh, have an amenity program with various hotels in Soho and Tribeca Grand here in Manhattan, and we did a rooftop party with them where we served mojitos. And you know our mojito candle was burning. And yeah. It sort of created synergy, and it was fun. And you know our, who doesn't like to drink a mojito? Yeah. Right? yeah. The cannabis would have been a little bit more difficult <laughs> in that uh, venue. Yeah, but, I, uh, I've seen a little more of these aromatics, cannabis, neroli. Uh, um, what else has uh, recently been in there? Um, tobacco we're doing. Tobacco. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're the poster boys for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, these all have like resonance to um, some sort of medicinal quality. And so we, we reference those things. But they're also fun and playful. I mean, when you're a skincare business or a perfume business, um, you want to attract uh, a large volume of people so that you can keep your prices affordable. And, and that's just the nature of our business. So um, we want... 
you know, people who would only think of tobacco because it's fun and silly yeah. to buy our products, but then at the same time, somebody who might actually appreciate it for some of its more specific qualities. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where I start seeing not just the sensitivity to skin, but to, uh, uh, you know, worldly ethnicity. Um, you have stores, I mean, in Taiwan and Japan. And, yeah. Um, do you travel around? Do you, do you get influenced by foods that you eat? Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. always. Yeah. I mean, certainly from a cultural standpoint, uh, traveling is the greatest education in the world. Um, I don't know if it necessarily resonates in our products per se. Yeah. I mean, I do see like lotus it, root reasons. Right. It, it, I mean, it can, but it, it's more, I think, it, it affects us as human beings and, and business. And yeah. How do we communicate with people and what do we learn from other cultures? Yeah. I think that's the fascinating thing about traveling. Yeah. So. And regarding traveling, where do you like to eat around the world? Oh, Gosh. It's hard. I mean, you can't. You can't Tokyo, narrow it. Everything yeah. in Tokyo, yeah. Yeah. In Japan. I mean, basically everything the whole in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Italy, uh, obviously, uh, France. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a lot of experience in South Asia, but we did spend some nice time in Singapore, and yeah. it was the food was incredible. Oh, yeah, Singapore is yeah. amazing. And like, what are the flavors? What are the accents that you pick up in the cuisine there that you might want to bring back, you know, to your business? Um, it's you know it's, it's some some I know the thing I wouldn't want to bring back yeah. in Singapore which is called a durian I don't yeah. know if you're familiar <laughs> with that but it smells like a, a hefty bag of rotting trash yeah. on a hot summer day in New York yeah and people there I mean they love it it's a cultural thing and I I gave it the old college try I thought you know I'm going to conquer this thing. And it conquered me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think when, you know, when you're eating Japanese food, ginger resonates. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's often used in skincare products and something that we've talked about and thought about in terms of using as a scented bath product of some sort for, for what we're doing. So it, certainly those things do resonate. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely gets your imagination uh, juices flowing. So. And then Oto. Yes. W- what, what was the impetus? What actually is Oto and what is the impetus of... It's a Latin, ext- Latin word for extract. Yeah. And, uh, so auto is a, uh, an extract, I think, of 20 different florals. Mostly. Mostly florals. Mostly. We, the idea was, since everything we do is unisex and intended for both men and women, how do you create a floral that doesn't smell like a flower? Yeah. And that was, that was sort of the, the idea behind that particular candle. And its, it's complement, its pear, is vetiver, which means grass. Yeah. So when you're burning floral extracts in grass, you get this idea of a garden. It becomes balanced. Yeah. Uh, now I just have to do an asparagus that doesn't taste like an asparagus <laughs> for Matthew. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. a working product. <laughs> In asparagus uh, that smells like pee. Yeah, <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> we, we actually are in the process of doing a, a, a new candle, um, which had been requested by a magazine whose anniversary is coming up soon, uh, a woman's magazine. And um, we hadn't done anything specifically with Rose because it doesn't tend to be as gender neutral, but it's a great skincare um, yeah. item as well. And so it's something that we would like to in, incorporate in other things that we're doing. And so we're coming out with, for holiday, we're coming out with one single candle for this magazine, which will be called which we called Rose. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so we're sort of excited about well, that. Well, I mean, you also have geranium, too, which often I don't feel is a, you know, one way or another. A lot of people think it's more feminine than male, but I grew up with that scent uh, around me. Yeah, um, it's awesome. And, yeah, I love it's very it. green. I love geranium yeah, as well. Yeah. And we it's, do a natural geranium body wash, and then we do a synthetic geranium eau de toilette as well as candle. And uh, and they almost smell identical. We've been able yeah. to sort of uh, yeah sort of cross that barrier. Actually, and I just figured out a, a pairing candle um, instead of one that smells like asparagus or asparagus pee, one that eliminates the smell of asparagus <laughs> pee when you burn it in the bathroom. That's a that, great thing. Yeah. Uh, 
in, we're going to work on that in one. In fact, we were at uh, dinner a couple of parties over the weekend uh, in Kinderhook, and um, the mosquitoes were out in full force yeah. in the country. And uh, and I was we were talking about creating a, a, a bug repellent, so some sort of beautifully smelling bug repellent yeah. that's natural based, like citronella and those sorts of ingredients that we could market with our company and otherwise be able to personally use when we're yeah. upstate. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it comes out of necessity. All these. Yeah, things. absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I said that's the marketing story. We were we were upstate, and we needed a, a yeah. bug spray. Necessity really is the did. mother of invention. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Frank Zappa or his yeah. mother. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Excellent. If you have not checked out Malin Getz, please go check out their store in Chelsea. Uh, also, MalinGetz dot com. and and is spelled out. And we also have a shop on the Upper West Side on Amsterdam Avenue and Eighty Second Street. Yeah, I don't go above fourteen. All right, <laughs> I'm one of those. Uh, okay. But for it's you, nice up for there, you I will stop by. Yeah. Also, the Food and Wine uh, article in 2006, uh, we haven't discussed the minty lime baked Alaska. I'm a, uh, I'm a baked Alaska freak. I just gave one to my girlfriend for her 30th birthday uh, last it's not, weekend. It's not an easy feat, the base, yeah. baked Alaska. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that was my first one, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. It was really good. Yeah. I love baked Alaska. I yeah. think it's awesome. So. Yeah. Um, and Yet to be replicated. I, it's odd. We didn't. I've never yeah. made that again. You should do it again. Yeah. It was really good. I could see a baked Alaska candle happening too, or some kind of body cream. Yeah, exactly. Ice creamy body cream. I'm sure you have plenty of people during these dinners pitching ideas. We of do. What food to turn into uh, apothecary? <laughs> exactly. There's always a little cross pollination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you have coming out next and. Like I said, a fan, and I will moisturize with your product. uh, Thanks for having us. And I'm going to personally bring you the shaving cream. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Yeah, because it's getting unruly right now. Yeah, no, and we'll have you over for a dinner party for sure. Wonderful. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Matthew, Andrew, MalinGets.com. You've been listening to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Hope to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. Party. It's a party in the street all day long.